Hey everyone, welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. I'm your co-host Tim Chelsvik. Across the table, I got Matt Drury. You do. And we got Mark Drury, more importantly. What's up guys? Brain trust. Something like that. We were missing (laughs) Terry. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, then the Voltron is complete. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) So so, uh, we've got got a question of the day from a deer caster. We appreciate folks that hopped on and asked us questions. And our deer caster is someone who's who's like a regular like pretty much they comment on everything that's in the Deercast news feed. Are you playing favorites here Tim picking these? <clears throat> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so comment more on Deercast. Yeah, Tim's our yeah. editor at Deercast. Flattery gets you everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> Lamar, Lamar Ward actually asked a really good question. Lamar's from Missouri. We'll listen to this question in just a second, but um but if you want to leave us a question just go to duryoutdoors.com/podcast, leave us a message, just click the send voicemail tab on that page. You can record a question for us and awesome. we'll get to it. So awesome. It well, is. the question of the day is brought to you by Bass Pro and Cabela's. Your adventure starts here. How can you track a specific deer or pattern a specific buck that only shows up four to six days on your property? Um, my Pacific property is 570 acres, and every year I have nice deer specific deer that show up specifically nocturnal and they're only they're like on a loop or a circle four to six to seven days they'll show up and you can never pattern them to be there when they're going to show up Uh, any input you have would greatly be appreciated love dod and i love deer cast so thankful y'all finally come out with it so that's kind of a hard one to have kind of a ghostly buck that you maybe get a few pictures of and then and it sounded like you had like three or four and basically they're they're making their rounds and they only come one time a year and i kind of relate you know at, at the least after five six years we basically there's one week where it's good it's the rut you know and i don't mm-hmm. think there's any question as to why they just they don't live on us mm-hmm. so we have a bunch of does and that's the one time a year where the, the bucks decide to go travel to find the does. Um, and in his instance, he's got a lot of ground. I mean, he's got some decent acreage mm-hmm. there. Uh, so I don't know what his food plot situation is or our cover or timber or whatever. Yeah, right. I don't know what his setup is, but it is certainly strange that with that much ground, he'd, he doesn't have, you know, deer other than one time of the hunting season. So Mark, what do you, how does that, the question hit you initially? So really to it, it kind of applies to every deer, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's just the the greater the odds, your odds increase the more of a homeboy they are on your place, sure. and they decrease the less that they spend time on your place. So he he, in essence, by the virtue of the question, is answering it, the answer is there. When you have them, you have to be prepared for that period the following year because they are very very habitual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have learned through the years that it's last year's pictures, and you guys have heard me talk about this. I, I talk about it all the time and have been for a while. It's last year's pictures that you need to be looking at, not this year's, because what, what you learn from this year is oftentimes old news, because yeah. what they're doing that day, they're not, they're not going to do. It's one of the reasons we did 13. They change so frequently throughout the year. They also change home ranges quite a bit, mm-hmm. and it may not be a big shift. It may be a slight shift, but it's just enough of a shift to take him into Lamar's hunting area 
are out of Lamar's hunting area. So study those pictures from this fall and make your plans food plot wise, access wise, tree stand wise going into next year. And you become better at that if you invest in a few more cameras and you get more information. The, because of the fact that they're not coming there very often, therefore when they're there, you need to learn as much about them as you possibly can so that you have analytics going into next year that yeah. go, all right, here's how I cut this deer off or here's where I need to hunt. We did it with uh, Taylor's deer this year. Mm -hmm. Her, that one she bow killed, like that deer... I mean, he was just on the fringe barely. And when he got onto the farm, we went in and, and went after him immediately and got him killed the first time we hunted him because I knew he wasn't going to stay there. Mm -hmm. He did that two years previous where he just wasn't there very often. So it's I get it. And literally every deer is like that. It's just some are there more than others. And uh, it really comes down to cameras and, and MRI and making a good game plan for the same time frame the following year. It's the difference between chess and checkers, right? It is. It's there's another dimension. You're talking a long term, like an annual plan to kill a deer, not just not a, hey, showing up last week, we got to go. And yep. He mentions it seems like they're making a circle. They likely are making a Could circle, be. more yep. or less. Like it's that's you know they got different ranges for different parts of the year. You know. Yep. And it definitely expands in and around the rut. They all mm -hmm. do this, and that's how fights occur and all that good stuff. But their home ranges are quite small, early season and late season, and even that changes. Like you can see bucks in the in the summer they'll be on you and then they may not return till winter till mm -hmm. after late november into december yeah. then again they may not come back at all they may not come back till the following summer and consequently you may pick up deer in december that you don't see any other time of the year i've seen that phenomenon through the years it happens to us every year every mm -hmm. year so i just keep track of all of them and you go well this is a newcomer. Well, he's on you at the time, so he's living there part of the year. Right. It doesn't mean you should go try and kill that deer. He was safe somewhere in October, November, and he came back in December. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 start, I started changing my views the last three or four years because as deer would show up for the food, I'd go, he's only here this year. I better get him killed. And it's not necessarily the case. He may come every mm -hmm. year, provided that you have food source for him and good cover and that type of stuff. So those deer need to reach maturity just like some of the younger deer do. So now, if you or got, some of the homeboys do. If you got a property where, you know, heavy pressure sure. from the neighbors, you know, which is the case Different for us story. And dads. You, you, if they get to four, it's hard to get them to five, but we try to, mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, you might want to think about taking that yep, shot. Yep, for sure. So... It's different, you know, you guys talk about the MRI of the farm all the time, and that's certainly the case when you're talking about a deer showing back up or having the ability to even get back to your place the next year. I had a deer this year that moved from one of my farms to another farm that was two miles away. Hmm. And I went back and looked at photos last year when he was a little younger. He was harder to pick out because I didn't keep as many photos, but he had done the exact same thing. All right. So now I know during the early season where he's at and, and where he goes during the rut in the late season. So he's in trouble. I tell him <laughs> yeah, that. I I you got now. two chances. Of he's in trouble because his home range is, is occurring on two different yeah. farms, two miles apart. You better so. hope that there's not a really good hunter right between your two places. Yeah, there are some very good hunters between. So I'm hoping he just walks right through and goes from at one night. Road. Yeah, at night. But he's a good deer and, you know, I got his number. Well, it, it seems like with most things in life that you're successful when you have a plan, you're organized, you have a plan and you carry out the plan. I'm curious because you, you have more trail cam pictures than anyone else I know. And you're, you're known for that. So how do you organize all your trail cam pictures, 
by year and to be able to go back and reference them in a way that's meaningful that you can create some kind of plan. Sure. I keep them all in Buckview, which is Reconyx's uh, software that comes with every camera. It's downloadable off of their website. And I've done that from 07 through the present. Literally every yeah. rack buck I've ever taken a picture of, I have them in my computer mm. computers. And it allows me to go back and reference home ranges because mm -hmm. that's sometimes how we kill them. Like if you find a buck with a similar home range, I'll go back and look what this buck did and when he was there and yeah. you'll see bucks in the future doing the same thing he did because covers covers food food and, and home range is home range but you can really pattern those bucks from year to year hmm. i mean that's the way we're killing them frankly is learning from previous year's information and then going in and, and assaulting them the next sure. year some of us are better at it than others yeah, <laughs> i can only imagine that tool that, that, yeah. that him and dad have picked up because it's not easy i mean it, it's laid out there but you still have to be pretty intuitive it's a next level thing mm -hmm. they get to the point where you're more or less predicting their next year's movement and you're laying out the plan for food it's and a lot of what kind of food and what type of year it's a lot of discipline mm. it doesn't i mean it's it's not like oh i understand the principle behind it but doing it's a whole nother sure <laughs> another well, it's a lot of time it's it's un unending hours of studying pictures it literally never ends and there's no there's no app for it there's no computer program for sure. it like you can't technologically gain this advantage other than sitting there studying them looking at direction of travel mm -hmm. you know morning versus evening daylights versus dark where all you're getting them and then looking at maps i mean it it is it is unending something else that lamar's question brings up for me is just how much stock you put in the intel that you have to be able to make this the statement that they just disappear for other for uh, for other parts of the season because i think about uh, there was a, a funnel that i was that i had hunted for first the first few years i had access to a property i had a few cameras up there and i didn't see anything and i just wrote it off and then i, d I decided to go back there and hang a few more cameras my first sit i saw a really nice buck and then i discovered that it was a highway and really the fault was was mine for not having my camera set up at the right angles and not spending some time observing that spot so so you know Maybe they are disappearing. Maybe they're leaving to another property or maybe the intel that you have just isn't complete. And so you, you need to think about the entire picture there. That's certainly a good point. I mean, there's many times where even sitting in a tree stand, you'll watch a deer come out and you just miss the camera and you go back to check the camera and you have no pictures from that day and the field could have been full in a separate part. Yeah. yeah so that certainly can be the case. hundred percent. Like, and, and one thing that I do is like when I get on a good deer, I, I take resources and put them on that deer. You got to be smart about where you place them mm -hmm. or not. But when I killed danger, I had eight or nine cameras running for that one deer in a very, wow. very small area trying to find him so you know if you if the deer's you know if it's worth it you take resources and you put them there and you try to figure him out but you got to be real careful about where you put them and how to check them and say, all that good stuff that's next level stuff too because you can every really one of them was, screw up I'm every one of them was, yeah every one of them was perimeter i never okay. went in the woods one time after that deer you know they're all they're all out where he can't see me go look at the camera okay. or, or smell me or hear me sure you know so you got to make sure that stuff's you know like i you know, we talk about, well, we don't hunt a lot of mornings, but I'm hunting every morning by either observing something, placing mm -hmm. a camera, going to check a camera, that type of stuff. And, you know, I just don't hunt the woods much anymore. And we, we get banged around for that a lot. We, we posted a video this morning of a, a 
hunt that took place in Illinois in like 93 or 94. And I was in the timber. I was down on the bottom mm-hmm. of a draw and this buck came walking down there and I killed him. And everybody was like, get back in the woods. Why are you not hunting the woods anymore? You're always that. out on the field edges, you know? And, and there's a reason because it's I'd hard. hate to guess how many deer drives I did going into those stands and coming out of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard. You have little bitty blocks of timber. Where the hell do you think they're bedded, man? They're right the there. The wind is swirling. Not, I was and... going to say not only that, but there's a pretty good chance that your wind is not <laughs> helping your not right. You're doing a deer drive and, and you know, I hunt out on those field edges and put those plots next to cover strategically to suck them out right next to their bed. Like I'm as yeah. close to those woods as I can get almost in every situation. And, and our, our effectiveness has, has really risen through the years. I know you guys like the timber hunts, but you're just not going to see them come back anytime soon. There are certain areas I will go, but for the most part, we're smacking those big giants mm-hmm. just off those bedding areas. Well, you know, you can't go in there if you want to kill him. More it's often basically certain areas, certain times of the year. You're yep, only sure. going to be anymore the way during we the hunt. Rut. It's during the rut. And otherwise, it's a different strategy. Right. And we have a camera guy to think of. We have a lot of, I mean, we're trying to get the best footage we can. We just proofed a bunch of kills from the team today. Almost all the timber kills that we proofed sucked. Yeah, they were tough, usually. You know, in comparison Except to what mine. we. Yeah, in comparison to what we, <laughs> now all those uh, food plot hunts, big deer, and you're like, yeah. wow, beautiful, mm-hmm. it's clear, it's clean. I it, mean, there's a difference for us. It is, yet we get that comment over and over, get out of the fields, you know. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm going to plant more fields this year, and I'm going to be closer to beds, you know. I mean, it just there's no comparison hunting the edge versus hunting internal. There is no comparison. Totally, yeah. I mean, I, I get the strategy. You know, well, I get I, the desire because people like the woods and I love mm-hmm. being in the woods too during shed season or tracking feeling. a deer. Yeah. You know, I don't like being <laughs> in the woods when I'm hunting the deer. Yeah. I like being right on their edge because they're bedded right there. Yeah. And, and some people don't have a choice. Some people yeah. like that. That's what they have. That's probably 90, 95% of my hunting. I'm typically way back in the timber on a ridge or something. You don't have the ability to plant a food plot on that piece or yeah. whatever the Understandably case is. So, so, yeah. so you do what, what you have to do. But man, if you have access to it, why not? Why not take advantage of it? Even then, though, Tim, you still have the choice of penetrating all the way in or, or hitting. Oh, you still fringes, have to you be know, smart. Slowly work mm-hmm. your way in and go. Okay, at what point am I seeing the most deer and and jumping the fewest? You yeah, know? yeah. There's well, a there's a there's a happy medium there. Yeah, within an oak hickory stand, there's typically uh, on on southern facing slopes, there's typically a cedar patch. And I know I'm not going to get anywhere near those cedar patches because that's prob- that's the thermal cover. That's where they're hanging out in the daytime. So, so that, you know, there are nuances to hunting in the timber, but man, it's, it's not easy. I don't envy you. I mean, you're, you're hunting the, uh, some really hard, hard styles. I mean, it's tough. Well, and it's, it's very typical of the way a lot of people hunt. It's yeah. the way we grew up hunting and we had a lot of success, but our success was in and around the rut. Mm-hmm. And right now, if you look a lot of our success, it's early season and late season. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's fewer during the rut than it is, you know, most of the big bucks we, well, all of them this year up in my farm, we killed them all in October before they got doed up, sure. you know, find their bed, plant to that bed and then have a smart you know, access in and out plan to get in there and, and kill that deer. But yeah. we killed some monsters in October this year. Yeah. In general, the team the, did too. The team mm-hmm. did. Yeah. So it's a big year. Yep. Yeah. Cool. 
Well, guys, thanks for kicking that around. Lamar, thank you for your question. Thank you for being a, a deer caster. We appreciate that. If you're not a deer we caster. We appreciate that more than you know. Big time. <laughs> thank you, Lamar. We, we appreciate really all the comments. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so awesome to see the community that has grown through deer cast and just how encouraging and positive people are. It's, it's such a breath of fresh air relative to some of the social media comments that we see. For sure. It is. It's a very positive place and, um, we're, trying to aim to keep it that way we're working on some really big improvements for this next generation of it as well deer hunters really do love each other unless they hunt next to each other (laughs) have you ever noticed that oh yeah yeah things can get kind of dicey they really do love each other until their neighbor (laughs) (laughs) that is each man for himself Mm -hmm. the gloves are off at that point when some when two people are hunting the same deer it's never pretty (laughs) yeah well well, uh, so thank you, Lamar, for uh, for joining in on the conversation. If Again, if you want to join in the podcast, leave us a message at drewoutdoors.com slash podcast. Uh, please uh, check out DeerCast if you haven't already. There's there's stuff going up in there every day. It's not like you know we've come to the close of most of our deer seasons that we've shuttered it, you know, not by any stretch. We're still in there. There's plenty of content, plenty of great articles, um, new DOD TV episodes going in, the, the you know, the podcasts obviously go up over there there's plenty of stuff in there just a matter of continuing to have that interest and we're hitting timely things so here you know soon we'll probably uh, transition into what you need to be doing to help you know have herd health in in, in Mm -hmm. this type of year Uh, then in the shed season and then obviously turkey season look out it'll it'll hit full force (laughs) there so we'll have plenty of of kills up in it. Can't wait. It's also <laughs> it's also the place to follow along with Mark and Terry's uh, management of the farm property that we're going to be giving away in December. Yep, we got some cool cool plans there. We recently started talking about uh, doing a piece on putting stocking the pond mm-hmm. and because uh, there's a pretty big pond on it. Uh, Showing some trail cam pics of bucks that are out there. Yeah, talking about the type of timber there is or timber stand improvement that can be done or whatever the case might be. So there's a, there's some neat stuff that, that we're getting ready to do and we'll continue to roll that out on the, uh, on the app only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you're not already part of the giveaway, if you haven't registered, please do that. It's quick and easy. Like literally will take you two minutes to do that. Do it through the app or you can go online and do it through our website website but uh, once you get once you get registered then you are qualified to potentially win every month leading up to the big giveaway in December that's right. so that's we've got a lot of cool prizes a lot of great stuff coming the, this month two pallets of analogics that's a it's a ton of project product Literally. it's incredible product if you want to do some inventory if you want if you're concerned about herd health you uh, time is right yeah absolutely or if you'd love raccoons to come into your barn and open them all up (laughs) (laughs) it works for that as well and crack your raccoons word to the wise (laughs) yeah Awesome. Well, subscribe to the show via uh, Google Play or Apple Podcasts or any of the other places that you normally find podcasts. And you can check us out on YouTube. And uh, the podcast also publishes uh, on time in the DeerCast app in the DoD TV section. So make sure you're checking it out there also. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Lamar, thank you for uh, all your participation. And until next time, we're out. See ya. Peace. We're adding new videos every week, so make sure to click that subscribe button and check out all of our amazing content. This episode of DOD TV was brought to you by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's.